Hello everyone, how are we today? Hope you're okay, hope you're alive, because you know, that's always a fun thing to do, apparently. I have already run out of ideas to how to say hello at the start of this. Hope you're all doing well. So, today, something a bit different, so I'm in no way qualified to speak about. Something a bit more, a bit more literary, a little bit more than me just uh, effing and blinding for 20, 10, 15, 40 minutes, however long this is going to be. So... As the title will probably tell you, if I remember to do it right, um, this episode is about theme and um, symbolism in storytelling. Now, that doesn't just apply to writing, that applies to every kind of media that's designed to tell a story. That even applies to some music, like as I've mentioned before, I listen to a lot of metal, and one thing I love about rock music, metal music, is it, it generally tells a story of some sort. And even there, we have themes, but... We'll get to that in just a minute. Don't you worry, avid listener, whoever you may be. I'm sure you're sat there with a cup of... Have a cup of tea. You deserve it. You've had a long day. Sit down. Make yourself a nice brew. Nice cup of tea or a cup of coffee if that's your preference. And just relax for a bit. And I'm going to try not to shout really loud into the mic because that would be annoying. I was very tempted to do it just then, but, you know, whatever. There may or may not be theme music here. I haven't decided if I'm going to carry on using like opening music. I, I don't know yet, but anywho, let's crack on. So, what is what is the theme of a story? I'm going to start real fucking basic. This this is for if you've never read a book in your life, kind of times right now. I don't know how you managed to get this far about reading a book in your life because you certainly should be old enough to listen to me swearing constantly. But you should also read a book by now. But anywho, so the way I summarise a theme. Now, there are people who say different things. If you go on YouTube and just put in themes in storytelling, you'll get a whole litany of videos by various people who have written novels and written books and told stories, and people way more fucking qualified than me. So I'd probably recommend go listen to them as well if you're interested in that kind of thing. If you're looking to like write, it's something I would strongly recommend go consult professionals because I'm just an arsehole who sits in this room and talks into a microphone for X amount of time a day. A week, so I'm gonna identify it by using a plot and theme. So your plot is your story. It's the events that take place. So say you're writing a fantasy adventure because this is a show called Let's Talk Fantasy. Say you're writing a fantasy adventure. Your plot is the events that take place within that. For instance, Lord of the Rings. The plot is the story of the hobbits going to Mordor. The final war against Mordor, quote-unquote, because the unreleased works of Tolkien and such. And all of that kind of business. The theme is rather different. It's not so much what happens. The theme is what your story is about. So, for example, again with Lord of the Rings. I, I also like to use Last of Us as an example, because Last of Us is a, is a fucking wonderful story. But with Lord of the Rings, the theme of it is... It, it is the concept of life and death, it's a theme of life and death it's a theme of traditional good versus evil and in a way for some of the characters and that gets a bit more into it is, for some of them it is a theme of maturity, it's a theme of growing for others it is a theme of acceptance, like with Aragorn accepting he needs to become uh, the king of Gondor and lead the realms of men to their final victory um, for people like Merry and Pippin, it is a theme of uh, coming of age almost. Uh, Sam, it's finding his bravery. All of that business. But to, to sort of widen the scope, again, it is about good and evil at its heart. Now, 
there's a common misconception that theme and symbolism are the same thing. They're not. They're very similar. You can have symbolism within a theme, and you can even have symbolism that is thematic and creates or enhances a theme. Oh man, that sounds so dry. Like, have you ever noticed? I'm going on a tangent already. Have you ever noticed, like, when you're listening to, say, like, historians or authors, some of them are super dry. Like, very much, uh, especially if you, like, listen to some, like, really well spoken English ones and, and, like, a history historian, they're like, yes, and then in the year, and I always kind of wonder, like, where where's the passion? Where's the love for what you do, man? I mean, you know, writing in any capacity is a lot of people's dream job. And, you know, you get fantastic people like Darren Shan, who wrote the Circuit of Freak series, who has a mass, he's always on social media, like celebrating his fans and things like that. And he comes across super passionate, but a lot of people don't. I've always been a bit bothered by that. What was I saying? Symbolism. So, the best way I'm going to summarize symbolism in a real quick fashion before I get back to the main topic is, say, Final Fantasy VII the uh, remake or you know the original probably go more of the original though the game has its own theme of life death rebirth reunion blah 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 you know the idea of encroaching technology killing the planet resource scarcity those are the themes the symbolism would be something more along the lines of say Aerith's character Aerith Aerith Aris however you pronounce it uh, back in my day, back in the original, because um, in Europe, I think we had Aris. I think other people had Aerith. Um, her symbolism is the flowers. And, you know, when those flowers are present, you know in some way she is intervening. So, for instance, in, like, Advent Children in the church, you can see the flowers and you know from what's going on that in some way the character of Aerith is intervening because of the symbolism projected by those flowers for her character. So that's what I mean, like, symbolism can be real, 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 you know, there. It's, it's also real easy to overuse. I'm not going to throw any examples out, because I don't like throwing shade on people who have a skill set that I do not possess. Like, I I couldn't write a book. I'm j- I just can't. I don't have the focus for it. So, you know, full credit to anyone who manages to write, release, publish a book. Like, you get a thumbs up from me, which is why I'm never going to review something I think is dreadful, just out of respect. So yeah, that was my super, super, super brief summary on the difference of a theme and a symbol. A symbol is more, in my mind, from my own experiences in in reading and attempts at writing and you know the various other things that I've done in my life that have been relatively creative, symbols almost seem to normally work on a more individual basis, whereas a theme to me is more grand and more overarching. But, like I said, you can use symbolism to enhance a theme and with enough of it that's not overused it can create a theme but I I, I listen to a lot of people say that always make your theme before you start writing it's the most important thing and again I I have no realistic experience in writing it's not my skill set I'm more um, being up and about and doing stuff but I can't help but almost disagree because there are two sort of schools of thought on it. That one, the theme is the most important thing. You should have that done immediately before you even start writing. There's other people who say, like, start writing. Start making your story and the theme will eventually reveal itself. And I kind of fall more into that camp of ideas of... 
let the story tell itself and let the overarching theme reveal itself to you. Like I've said before, I, I do a lot of D&D. Uh, shout out to Ogmer Academy, because I forgot to do that at the start. You guys. You guys. Well played. If any of you are listening to this, the company chef loves you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I forgot what I was saying. Bugger, I'm going to have to go back. Okay, I'm back. I'm trying to do these now with like the absolute minimum of cutting anything out because what I was doing was like I'd record a 20 minute something that would take me over an hour because I'd just stumble over myself. And I've just I've just learned to accept that now that I'm not very coherent. But yeah, so I play a lot of D&D and I have found in my experience of being in a way my own kind of storyteller. You know, if you're a, a GM in any kind of tabletop game, you are a storyteller. Whether you're using a module, creating your own ideas. I have found that the theme in my way of doing things will reveal itself and then I can build upon it as as the story progresses and reaches its various highs and lows and I'm trying to think. So the theme of my current campaign, it's only three or four sessions in. It's only just starting to shape up, but the main theme so far has been betrayal. Um and to, to put it very um simply, it is betrayal. And that's another thing I've heard people talking about, that your theme can't be one word, it has to be more complex than that, it has to convey a super complex idea, and I see no reason why betrayal can't be a theme. I think it actually shows a relatively high level of summarization skill, <laughs> fancy, I use long words too, uh, a high level of skill to be able to project a, a huge idea into a single word. But, you know, you, you could have a very literal theme of uh, your story is of the betrayal between a father and son. I'd prefer to just say it's a, it's a story of betrayal, it is a story of loss, it is a story of heartbreak, rather than delving into the specific f situation it might relate to. So yeah, you can say, uh, as a writer, as a creator, yes, my story is built upon the theme of uh, heartbreak from the loss of a love. Okay, brilliant, it's a classic, you know, it's one that anyone who reads romance novels, I don't, but you know, that's my preference, anyone who reads them will appreciate that. Um, Betrayal was a massive theme in a lot of things, like uh, especially in like uh, like detective works, like noir books. I really, I'm really getting into them lately. If anyone can recommend me some, that'd be fantastic because I love like detective stories. I've, I've recently gotten really into it. Branching out, increasing the the brain skill set. It's important to branch out of your normal interests. So, and a lot of the times in fantasy, especially in the sort of written for young adults, sort of um, so say. Uh, Aragon's a good example. I I read the I read that book so many times when I was younger that it actually fell in half. I could actually close my eyes and see the words in front of me. I just loved it. But a lot of the theme in Aragon, being a fantasy novel for teenagers and that, a lot of the theme is coming of age. It's maturing. It's accepting your part to play, which I think is something that a few young people, um, not to disparage the youth of today, I'm not painting you all the same brush, but I know some of you do have this problem of finding your place and where you belong in the world. I think that's something a lot of people relate to anyway. It's sort of, with fantasy, it draws back to the hero's journey, which I'm, I'm going to put a link for a picture for it on the description in case you wanted to see it. But the hero's journey is essentially a, um, a structure device that you can use in pretty much any kind of um, single-person narrative-focused story. And it's not, it doesn't have to be single-narrative. I mean, in regards to kind of like the literal heroes and villains. So, you've got the call to adventure, the supernatural aid, 
the threshold. So that's the beginning of, of, of the hero's transformation from the average Joe to the hero. Then you've got the helper, their sidekick, the mentor. And that's where it starts, in my mind, is where you'd start bringing themes into it as the mentor begins to educate the character. And they have this beginning of a coming-of-age journey. They may have had other experiences that have shaped who they are, betrayals and such. And that is where the mentor comes in and begins to change that perception. So you have a, a maturing and coming-of-age. And I've said that already, but that kind of thing you know where it's things begin changing and you start challenging your values which is also a fantastic theme to use is the challenging of your values it's a fantastic narrative device uh, then we have the revelation so that's normally projected as the abyss death and rebirth that doesn't necessarily mean literally it could be the death of an ideal the death of an opinion or a uh, value and then rebirth which is the beginning of the transformation and the atonement for those values and then you have the return which is normally the end of the story the hero returns life goes back to normal and then you have sort of longer sequel series where they resume from point one to point whatever where it begins the call to adventure again so even with that simple um, device you could easily come up with a theme just looking at it so I came out with coming of age immediately because it's a massive, massive theme. Um, death and rebirth, which is one of the big points it makes, is also a theme. So it's transformation, atonement. All of these things are themes. But they don't necessarily have to define what you're writing. So you could make a theme completely your own. You could use this and just change it up. Do what you want. But like I say, I'm going to chuck a little little picture in there just so you can see it as well in case any of you are like having a bit of a I want to write for the first time but how do I structure it I got your back but this is probably not the first place you should have come to I'll be honest about that one I strive for honesty so yeah and then another massive theme in a lot of literary devices I think I've already said it is betrayal so yeah forgiveness is a massive one so I'm going to use the last of us as an example because <clears throat> you have two distinct themes of two distinct characters you've got the character of Joel and I'm sorry for any spoilers if you haven't played it but you probably should have by now his 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 story is one of atonement of redemption of writing the past wrong which we have with the character of Ellie who becomes a surrogate daughter I'm not going to say replaces his dead daughter but you know she does fulfill that role for him and his story then becomes a story of I will redeem myself for not saving my daughter the first time and I will save this girl who has become a daughter. Whereas Ellie's story, again we return to the ever so common, it's a story of maturity. You know, she's she's a bratty teenager of an attitude problem which we all love. It's one of the best things about her character for God's sake. But she matures over the course of the story. But then we have The Last of Us 2, which again, I'm sorry for any spoilers, guys. It becomes a story of revenge from the perspective of Abby when shit goes down at the start. We all know what I mean. But then it also becomes the same kind of theme for Ellie, which again, shit goes down. And it's good storytelling that, again, we have the hero's journey that Ellie was called to adventure because of this. Abby was called to adventure through the course of revenge. But 
As the story goes on, they begin to challenge and change their values, and their values at the time were revenge at all costs, and their values eventually change to a value of, I'm not going to say forgiveness, but a value of breaking the cycle of vengeance. Um, the example I'll give, in case anyone's a bit lost with me, because I know sometimes I say things and it doesn't necessarily make sense. So, massive spoilers for the game ahead. And this is second-hand knowledge. I haven't finished it because I never got around to it. And my brother told me about it, so I'm going to go off his knowledge, which was that at the end, they all don't necessarily get along. But Ellie accepts what's happened has happened. She's matured over the journey, and she decides I'm not coming out for revenge against Abby again. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna fix anything. And the reason we can attribute this is again good story and character building. That. This happened because Joel killed certain characters to save Ellie, which sparked the cycle of vengeance. And that's a fan, uh, it's always an enormous, it's always a fantastic theme when it's brought up as a cycle of vengeance. And I think, despite the con controversy and controversy, rather, however you'd like to pronounce it, that the game caused, I think that theme of. You could also call it retribution, I suppose of vengeance and retribution becomes a theme of forgiveness and mercy. I think that's fantastic. I think it's one of the best uh, literary storytelling devices going because it's it's the cla it's very classical cha changing of your values and challenging of the values that you have to get a better result because all that would have resulted is x person kills x person. Okay, someone else is going to come kill you now. And then someone you know is going to come kill them. It's, it's that old saying, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Except for that one guy who has one eye who uh, probably reigns as king. Because let's face it, that's a hell, a hell of an advantage to have. But, yeah, so I, 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 like I said, I fall into the category of I would let a theme discover itself. And that's how that whole fucking sentence started. I would let a theme decide itself. But... Again, I could be wrong. You you do you. If, if that's the way that suits you, that's absolutely fine. If it doesn't suit you, do it do it a more prepared way where you decide the theme and the plot beforehand. Um, yeah, and that's all I have to say today. I hope you all enjoyed this. I know I went on a bit, uh, bit tangent-y, but I really wanted to talk about something storytelling-wise because I love storytelling and I love, I love reading and all that sort of nonsense. I shouldn't call it nonsense in hindsight. But... I felt like it, it's something that an average layman should talk about to give other people who aren't necessarily English literature graduates a, a little food for thought, a little, well, he can talk about this kind of nonsense and he's an idiot, so why can't I write a book? And if this gave you a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of um, ideas and all that kind of jazz to go and finish that project you've been working on and decide on a theme and sort of start looking a bit deeper into storytelling to find these themes because it's so satisfying when you do you have to be told it I, I'm, I hope you have had a moment like that listening to this and if you have e email in and I'd be more than happy to have a correspondence and I'd love to hear from people so if you do it's um, let's talk fancy 93 at gmail.com because I had to put a number in there and 93 is what I always put guess what my birth year is but I hope you all enjoyed this guys I truly hope you're doing well out there today I hope you finished that tea or coffee by now because it'll be stone cold and have a good day have a good week and I'll catch you next time ta-ta